this place. Hallelujah. God bless you. I'm very delighted to be here with you today. And I'm doing this on behalf of Reverend Dr. Stephen Wingham, your pastor. Indeed, he's a wonderful man of God. Those of you who know him and who have encountered him. I also bring you greetings from Cedar Mountain Chapel, where I fellowship. And it is my prayer today that God has prepared a wedding season for you that would be relevant for you today and that would make you a blessing, not just to yourself, but to others also. Hallelujah. Let us bow down our heads for a quick word of prayer. Father, we thank you this morning. This is a day that you have made, a beautiful one as such. Thank you, O oh God, for preparing us to receive from you today. I pray, O oh God, that you use me only just as vessel. Lord, speak your word through me so that your people will indeed be blessed. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please resume your seats. God bless you. It is interesting what I was asked to speak to you about today. I was told that I was to talk to you on the subject of loyalty. And I was like, what a subject, loyalty. How many of you have ever heard any word at all preached on loyalty or a teaching on loyalty? Please, I want to see your hands. I'm sure you've heard the subject of loyalty. In fact, if Reverend Wengam is your pastor, I'm sure some way, somehow, you have heard something about loyalty. And today, I just want to touch on something very quickly. We don't have so much time. So I want you to follow me. Turn to your neighbor and say, please listen carefully. Please say it again. That Please listen very carefully. Good. As I go along, anytime the Holy Spirit gives us a statement, right, something that you want to note down, please don't hesitate to note it down because it might actually inure to your benefit in the future. I want to touch on loyalty as the currency for the transfer of grace. Loyalty being the currency for the transfer of grace. And I want to approach you so we can have a more intimate session. Loyalty as the currency for the transfer of grace. I'm sure some of you at one point in time or another, or you may have heard it said, that, oh, I covet the grace of God upon this guy's life. Or I tap into this grace. Oh, that grace, I covet it. You see, God has given us graces, all of us in the world. Now, these graces are to help us accomplish what God has actually set before us to do. So you can see some people, anytime they stand here to minister to you, people begin to fall down under the anointing. It's a grace. Alright? Or it's a gift or a blessing. There are some people, whatever their hands find to do, regardless of 
the effort they put in, it just turns to gold. They are successful at everything that they do. And you go like, wow. As for this grace, I tap into it. But you see, you don't just tap into grace. I have come to understand that the medium for the exchange of grace is loyalty. Turn to your neighbor and say, loyalty is the currency for the exchange of graces. Let me prove this to you. In the Bible, you have all heard of the story of Elijah and Elisha. In fact, if we should go and read, it's a whole long story. So let me just give you the gist and then we read some aspects of scripture. We know that Elijah called Elisha and Elisha served Elijah faithfully over the years. Now, many years down the line, God was about to call Elijah, right? And we know that Elijah asked Elisha that whatever it is that you want, you ask of me. And this man, Elisha, the Bible says that he asked for a hard thing. He says, I want a double portion of the grace that is upon you, the anointing that is upon you. And his master replied that this is too hard a thing you ask. Nevertheless, if you should see me go, God will do it. And to cut a long story short, we know that Elisha was so anointed that he did double of all that his master, Elisha, did. Now, when you read 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19, it tells us who Elisha was. Let's turn to, um, to 1 Kings 19, 19, please. If you can project it onto the screen. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Now, how many of you knew that Elisha was a farmer? Elisha himself was a farmer. And in those days, if you have read in 1 Samuel 18, even in 2 Kings 2, it talks about the sons of the prophets or the school of the prophets. You know, in fact, if you recall, um, Saul, before he was anointed as king, the Bible says that he was with the sons of the prophets and he also prophesied. It means that in the scheme of things, if there were people who were more qualified, right, to take after Elijah, it would have been those people who were among the sons of the prophets, not the farmer. I'm drawing your attention to something, oh. Elisha was the, a farmer. When we go to the next verse, verse 20, quickly, please. It says, Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? Verse 21. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his, and became his, some version said, and became his servant. Other versions say, and he ministered to him. 
you don't have to be the most qualified or the most competent. Okay? But loyal service can qualify you. Oh, some of you didn't hear what I said. I'm saying that in the scheme of things, you don't have to be the most qualified or the most competent. But a loyal connection can qualify you to inherit certain graces. And there are many examples I can set, even in this life, where you would go into an organization, and of course, there are people who are competent. Some even feel they are more competent than the boss himself. But you see, in the end, the people who take after the boss when he is gone may not necessarily be the most competent people. They were the most loyal people, rather. That is why many people place more premium on loyalty eh, than competence or skills. Loyalty is key. Even Jesus, the master himself, when he called out the people, his disciples, who were they? They were illiterate. Some of them were fishermen, task collectors, People who, in the scheme of things, they weren't the most qualified to carry the gospel. I mean, because in those days, there were the scribes, right? The people who studied the law. They were the ones who were dons in the system. But the Bible says that because of loyal service to Jesus, they even did more than what Jesus himself did. Oh, yes, we hear that Jesus performed many miracles in the Bible, but the apostles performed so many, many more, up to the point that even the shadow of Peter falls on people and they are healed of their infirmities. Their handkerchiefs, people were seeking after them. Loyalty, loyal connection is what transferred the grace that was upon Jesus onto the disciples. Many, many examples. Look, even the greatest grace of salvation itself, right? If you are to inherit eternal life, you cannot get salvation if you are not a loyal person. Look, you, you, are, you are all AG people. When we say define salvation, what will you say? I know, you accept Jesus Christ as what Savior, right? And serve him as what? Lord. Loyalty. You serve Jesus as Lord. Loyalty. If you are not loyal, no eternal life. In fact, Romans chapter 8, verse 17, breaks it down. It talks about the fact that we are co-heirs with Christ. Why we are co-heirs? Because remember, Jesus is the only rightful heir. In fact, eternal life is the sole preserve of Jesus Christ. But it says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs or co-heirs with Christ. And this is why it explains it. It says, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be what? Glorified together with him. No suffering, no glory, no loyalty, no inheritance. Very important. In fact, Revelations 2, verse 10, the B part. It says that if you are loyal to the end, if you are faithful to the end, 
do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. In fact, loyalty is tested most when you go through adversity. That you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful until death. Another word for faithfulness is loyalty. Be loyal until death and I will give you a crown of life. No loyalty, no inheritance. Please, is it clear? No loyalty, no transfer of grace. It is so interesting what a loyal connection can do because God places premium on loyalty also. Again, we have all heard about the story of Lot. How many of you know Lot? Uncle Lot or say Lot in the Bible? Oh, okay. How many of you have never heard of Lot? Everyone knows Lot. Lot wasn't always a bad man. No. He hadn't always been a bad person. Right? In fact, in Genesis 12 verse 1, when God came to Abraham, and God said, Abraham, leave your father's house. Go out of here to a land I'm about to show you. All right? Verse 4 says that Lot also left with him. In fact, if it were today, it would be interesting. You, Abraham, you come out of your room and you tell us, God says that we should leave this place. Let's go to some place. Okay, so Abraham, where are we going to? Which country? Um, God says he will show us. You, let's just go. I'm sure ordinarily, sir, if it was you, you go like, ah, this old man, pa, why? He's beginning to grow senile. Why should I follow you to a place? You don't even know the destination, right? I do some small actions and some, I add one and two together. I might make it in this house. But verse 4 says that Abraham departed and Lot also went with him. Now, Abraham did not leave rich. But when he obeyed the voice of God, the next chapter, right, verse 2, says that Abraham was very rich, became very, very rich because he heeded the voice of God. Remember that God had pronounced a blessing upon Abraham. Are you following, please? God had pronounced a what? A blessing over Abraham. Now, 13 verse 2, please. Let's turn to 13 verse 2. Genesis chapter 13 verse 2. Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver and gold. Now, let's go to verse 5. Because of Lot's loyal connection to Abraham, verse 5, No, as in same chapter, verse 5, please. Yes. Lot also, in fact, I want you to read with me. Lot also, who went with Abraham, had flocks and herds and tent. The guy, as long as he went with Abraham, also became very rich. Because, you see, graces are very infectious. In fact, it is like corona. You see, when you sit under a certain grace... It will rub on you. And we all know. Lot also became so rich up to the point that when you read on, and we know the story, 
their livestock, right, their area to graze, the land was not adequate for both of them. The land was not enough for both of them. So their servants started fighting among themselves. And then Abraham called his nephew Lot. Now look, there is no need that we will fight amongst ourselves. Right? Look at the whole nation and the land that is before us. You choose left. If you choose left, I'll go right. If you choose right, I'll go left. And then Lot also, in fact, verse 7 or so says that, Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the green part of the land, right? The greenermost part, the part that was very rich. And he chose it. And he and Abraham parted ways. You see, because of the benefit of hindsight that you have, I'm sure you are going like this lot. You lot, you and your uncle, you had nothing when you left with your uncle. Today, you have also arrived and you are rich. So you are fighting with your uncle and he tells you that, oh, choose land. You didn't even have the decency to tell him that, oh, Uncle, oh, you are the elder man. Uh, so you choose first. And Lot in Koto foolishly did this. It is like you have been served food, you and your father or your uncle, and they give you the opportunity to dish out first. And you took the ladder and you went under to bring out the choices of the meat first. <laughs> and he was only just looking at you, observing. You don't know that you have been a fool. Anyway, that was just on a light note. So Lot left. And the rest is history. You are aware, right? That was the beginning of the wars of Lot. That was the beginning of Lot's trouble. As long as he was connected to Abraham, God blessed him. The very moment that loyal connection was severed or cut off, the guy went straight into trouble. In fact, the very next chapter, it says that Lot was captured. Verse four, um, um, let's go to chapter 14, verse 1, please. The very next chapter, Lot is captured into captivity. Um, let's go to verse 2, please. And they made war with Bera, king of Sodom, Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, Yada, yada, yada. Next verse. All these joined together in the valley of Sidim, that is Salt Sea, and they fought. Next verse, please. They also took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and all the riches he had acquired when he was connected to Abraham, and they departed. Lot was captured. In fact, Abraham is a good man. And may God bring us many Abrahams our way. When you read on, it says that Abraham himself mastered his men together and went back to deliver this bad boy Lot back. That was not the end of the words of Lot. Do you remember where he went to live? God rained judgment upon them. The fire that was brought against Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot was also affected. He lost everything he had. In fact, his wife turned into a pillar of salt. 
So you see, as long as you are connected to that grace, the grace affects you. When you lose that loyal connection, you are in trouble. It's a spiritual principle. Look, there are some times, if you are not careful, you see, and I'm sure you've heard it said that God will not bypass the leader to bless you most of the time. God will not bypass the leader to bless you. And it's a universal truth. Do you know that even when God was raining or was about to rain fire on Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible says that God did not remember Lotto. How many of you are aware that God did not remember Lot? It wasn't. <laughs> Let's turn to Genesis 19, verse 29, please. Genesis 19, verse 29. And it came to pass, please read me carefully, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Lot. Please, is that what is the Bible? That God remembered who? God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. Isn't it interesting that God didn't regard Lot? If it weren't for Abraham, Lot would not have been remembered. Lot would have perished. In fact, when, if God is about to slap somebody here, may God remember some your father be who has served God well. Because if it were by your own deeds and by your own doing, Maybe you would perish. God remembered Abraham to save Lot. May God remember some of your boss that you have rendered faithful service to and deliver you out of trouble. May God look upon a certain service you rendered in church, your pastor that you have served faithfully, and bring a certain blessing upon your life. Loyalty is the currency to enjoy certain graces. Very, very important. In fact, one of the most remarkable stories of loyalty is seen in the book of Ruth. And we all know about the very popular story of Ruth and Naomi. In fact, I think with this one we can read because we have a bit more time. Let's read quickly. Ruth 1. Ruth chapter 1. It's very important that you catch this. As you go out of school, as you go into the world, as you start your work, as you start working, loyalty is key. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was... Elimelech, oh, please, are you sleeping? And the name of the man was? The name of his wife was? And the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion, heavy names. Epaphratites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Let's read on. Next verse, please. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. Tragic death. Uh, they were going to some London Bee or some America Bee just to go and seek greener pasture. And as soon as they arrived, the man died. Next verse, please. Now, 
the sons took wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Opa, and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then both Malon and Chilion also died. Poor Naomi. She lost her husband, and she lost two of her sons, her only two sons. So she was left what childless. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband. Next verse, please. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. Because now she has lost it all. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited the people of Israel by giving them bread. Therefore she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return, each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. Next. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, surely we will return with you to your people. You see, it is interesting. Loyalty, I said, is best tested when the time of adversity or trial arrives. Loyalty that is born out of convenience alone, it is not loyalty. Uh, there are some people, they are loyal to you only because of what they get from you. The very moment you lose what it is that they are loyal to you because of, that is the, the end of you. Loyalty born out of convenience is not loyalty. True loyalty is born or is exhibited even in the time of adversity. And it is important that I draw your attention to this. You see, the Bible lets us understand that all authority is established by God. This is found in Romans 13, verse 1. All authority is from God. So the Lord says that we should submit to all kinds of authority. Otherwise, we would incur the wrath or the judgment of God. It then means that your loyalty to your boss, to your pastor, to your mother, to your father, should actually be driven by the fear of God and not necessarily by what you will get. Am I allowed to say that again? Your loyalty should be driven by the fear of God. You fear God, that is why you are loyal. When you come to accept that, when you come to understand that, it will be very easy for you to not waver in your loyalty at all. Turn back, my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons. Next verse. Hello. Would you wait for them until they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Next verse. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Opa kissed her mother-in-law goodbye and left. 
Upper exhibited loyalty only up to a point. You see, when you exhibit loyalty up to a point, it is still no loyalty. Loyalty is only exhibited if you go the full haul. The whole nine yards, it is said. And she said to Ruth now, look, your sister-in-law is gone to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following you after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. 17, where you die, I will die. Hey, this one, it is strange. Loyal to you. <laughs> where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. <laughs> the Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. Essentially, what Ruth was saying that may God kill me if I leave you. Hey, may God bring many roots your way. People who will stand by you and stick to you no matter what. Then, Aunt Naomi said, ah, okay. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Verse 19. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. Some other version says, and the whole city was stirred. Stirred. S-T-I-R-R-E-D. Stirred. As in, you know, like everyone was shocked and there were murmuring and people were whispering and gossiping. <laughs> Let me tell you one spiritual truth here. When we go back to Genesis chapter 19, verse 30, please. Please turn to your neighbor and say, listen carefully. Genesis 19, verse 30, please. After the Lord had overthrown the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, then Lot went up out of Zohar and dwelt in the mountains, and his two daughters were with him. For he was afraid to dwell in Zohar, and he and his two daughters dwelt in the cave. Next verse. Now the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man on the earth to come into us as is the custom of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will sleep with him that we may preserve the lineage of our father. In other words, one sister said to the other sister that, where we are, we are in a cave. We may not find husbands to marry us so that we would also bring forth children. So let us trick our father so that our father would have sex with us. What an abomination. So they hashed this plan. Let's go to the next verse. They hashed the plan. They made their father drink wine that night and the firstborn went in and lay with his father and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Lot, <laughs> which alcohol? Ah, which, which alcohol? Can, you, can make you fiam your daughter 
and you didn't know that it was your own daughter. You see, when you get disconnected from grace, do you see where it can land you? From one trouble to another, to another, to another. Next verse. Not only once. It didn't happen just one time. That one, we can call it a mistake. (laughs) How many... (laughs) Okay, I won't go there. (laughs) It happened on the next day that the firstborn said to the younger, Indeed, I lay with my father last night. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. And you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father. Then they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he did not know when she laid down or when she arose. Hey, me, I strongly suspect, sir, that in her jump lot. Uh, Because, hey, this mistake twice on two consecutive days. uh, Let us give him the benefit of the doubt that he did not know. Thus, both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn bear, bore a son and called his name Moab. Remember, Ruth was a Moabite. Do you remember? Ruth was a Moabite, as in a daughter of Moab, many, many, many years down the line. He was the father of the Moabites to this day. And the younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He is the father of the people of Amnon to this day. So I can imagine, in those days, you see Moab and you see Amnon. Hey, Moab. Hello, Amnon. How are you doing? Who is your father? And then they will mention Lot. Who is your mother? And they will mention their mother's name. Ah, but your mother's father is your father. So, so your mother is your sister at the same time. Look at the confusion. Look at the horrid nature of this incestuous affair that went on. So God became angry with that. In fact, God pronounced judgment on Lot and on his children. If you read Deuteronomy chapter 23, let's turn there quickly. Verse 2. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 2, it says, One of illegitimate birth shall not enter the assembly of the Lord. Please pay attention carefully. I want to work something small out for you. One of illegitimate birth shall not enter the assembly of the Lord, even to the 10th generation. None of his descendants shall enter the assembly of the Lord. There are times when God, when he pronounces judgment, he might say that, oh, up to the fourth you know, generation or the fifth generation. But this one, he says that never, never again. In fact, he says not even, as in even to the tenth generation. He means uh, uh, forever and ever. No Moabite. One of illegitimate birth shall not enter the assembly of the Lord. Even to the tenth generation, none of his descendants shall enter the assembly of the Lord. Next verse. Next verse, please. An Ammonite, Amnon, or Moabite shall not enter the assembly of the Lord. In fact, God, when God was given the rule, 
I'm sure as soon as he mentioned that no one of the rich men met, his mind went straight to Lot. So, for emphasis, lest they think that he has made a mistake, no Ammonite or Moabite shall enter the assembly of the Lord. Even to the 10th generation, none of his descendants, none, shall enter the assembly of the Lord forever. <laughs> forever. Now, not only because they are of illegitimate birth, because they did not meet you with bread and water on the road when you came out of Egypt, and because they hide against you Balaam, the son of Boah from Pethor of Mesopotamia to curse you. Next verse. Nevertheless, the Lord your God will not listen to Balaam, but the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loves you. Next verse. In fact, you shall not seek their peace nor their prosperity all your days forever. Oh. Moabite. In fact, in essence, what God is saying that, in fact, even if you meet a Moabite and you kill him, there's nothing wrong with it. You shall not seek their prosperity forever. You see, when Naomi and Ruth were entering Israel, the city was stirred because, you see, they realized that a certain kind of abomination was taking place. In fact, Ruth was not qualified to enter Israel. In fact, if Ruth were to go to the Israeli embassy right now, they would bounce her visa. In fact, she won't get a chance to enter the embassy. You know that the interior of an embassy is like you are in the country anyway. So Ruth will not even be allowed anywhere near it. But the Bible tells us in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16 downwards, that as Naomi and Ruth entered Israel, the city was stirred, but no one could stop Ruth. Let me tell you what was happening. You see, we know that in the Bible, God sends his angels ahead of us. You see, God can send angels to shut the mouths of lions. The same way God can, shut, can send angels to shut the mouths of people. You see, anything right that disqualifies you, God can overturn it around. You see, the demonic altar that Lot raised for his children... That was speaking against Ruth, right? That was speaking judgment, poverty. Uh, when you see him, her or her, don't see their good. What happened was that because of her loyal connection to Naomi, the superior altar of the Lord, the God of Naomi, was now speaking and silencing that satanic altar of Lot. That loyal connection was speaking mercy, was speaking blessing, was speaking instead of death, instead of ill health, it was speaking better things. May the superior altar of your father or of your pastor silence anything that is from your background. Look, anything that comes from your village, from your mother's house, that doesn't seek your good but seeks to destroy you. May your loyal connection to your boss, may your loyal connection to your pastor speak better things to silence that one. It is a spiritual principle though. Look, there was something happening in the spirit but people didn't know. The Bible says that the city was stirred because Naomi could enter but Ruth could not enter. 
For want of time, let me tell you what happened. It didn't just end there. The Bible says that, or the Bible makes us understand that Ruth became a serial sign and a wonder. Ruth became a serial, in fact, she enjoyed serial favor. Do you know who a serial killer is? Someone who kills over and over again. A serial, someone who enjoys serial favor means they enjoy favor and favor and favor and favor. When you go to Ruth 2, verse 10, okay, in fact, we can start from verse 2. It says that when Ruth went out to go and glean after the men, you know, it was the time of the harvest, right? Bible says that she happened to find herself on the farm of Boaz. And we know that nothing happens to us by chance because the steps of the righteous are ordered by the God. Serial favor. Any step she took, she went and enjoyed favor. In fact, many, many verses down the line, Boaz testified of what Ruth had done. The reason why he, Boaz, was being kind to Ruth. In fact, many, many verses down the line, Boaz did not stop at anything to ensure that he redeemed Ruth by marrying her. She who was cursed has now become an Israelite. In fact, not only does it end there, the person who the Bible pronounced judgment on that could never enter into the assembly of the Lord, many, many years down the line, when you read the genealogy of Jesus, Ruth became the great, great grandmother of the Savior Jesus himself. So can you see what the loyal connection did for her? Look, God is looking for some loyal people because, you see, God has given us work here on this earth and God has given us graces. You see, those of us who are around those graces, you are supposed to be enablers. And as you become a loyal enabler, that grace is taken and placed upon your life for perpetuity to continue that good work that God is expecting us to do. May God help us. May God help us. May God give us the strength, the grace to be loyal in every area of life that we find ourselves in. Whether you have a good boss or a bad boss, may we be loyal. Whether we have a good pastor or you, you think your pastor is bad, may God give you the grace to be loyal. And the God that you serve would never disappoint you in any way. Please rise up to your feet. And very quickly, in a minute, speak to God, cry out to God. Tell God, wherever you have erred, wherever you have been disloyal, ask God to have mercy on you. Where you have spoken ill of someone in authority, perhaps you have engaged in one wrong or another against your father, your mother. It could even be that you thought you had the right to do that because they had wronged you against your pastor. Talk to God right now that God should give you the grace. God should give you the heart of loyalty, a loyal heart. That wherever you find yourself, be it good or bad situation, you would have unwavering loyalty. Because in loyalty would God also bless you. Come on, talk to the Lord. Ask God to give you the grace to persevere in all you do.
Thank you, Jesus. And in case you are here, you were probably invited to church today, and you can say that you don't know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you don't even qualify for this grace anyway. In case you haven't accepted Christ, please don't be shy. I just want to see your hand very quickly. Let's do this quickly. And we can invite Jesus into your life. Any such person? Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Make us good stewards. Make us good helpers, enablers, loyal people to your cause, loyal to a fault. In Jesus' name. Somebody put your hands together for Jesus. And God bless you.